0: To read Back to Reality, the best selling novel of the bestseller experiment by the two marks, go to Bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash Back to Reality
1: and subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra bonuses. Go to Bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the bestseller experiment where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire
0: you to start, finish and publish your book. I'm Mark DeVoe. And I am Mark Stay and a big thank you to our sponsor, Pro Writing Aid, the official editing software of the bestseller experiment. ProWritingAid is so much more than just a mere grammar checker. It's a style editor, writing mentor, all in one package. And what's more, it works with Scrivener, Word, Google Docs, Chrome, Safari, Firefox, OpenOffice and Outlook and more. It's designed for the smarter writer, which is you. Yes, you listen to this now. And as listener of the bestseller experiment, you can get a whopping colossal 20% off right now. Get over to ProWritingAid.com forward slash bestseller. That is prowritingaid.com forward slash bestseller for that chunky discount. Mr. D, how are you today? I'm, I'm very excited,
1: actually, because we're doing one of these very special shows where we have a, stu- a live guest with us right now. and We're going to give you a little clue as to who that is, because last week, for fans of the podcast, you will have heard this incredible announcement that one of our very own listeners um, went on to become the winner of the Kindle Storyteller Award. And so in a very short few minutes, we'll be chatting with none other than Ian Sainsbury to ask him all about what happened and how it's completely changed his life. So stay tight for that. Before we dive in, we also would like to congratulate someone else on the on the bestseller experiment team, the BXP team, because we had quite an amazing post. I think it was just last night, wasn't it, Mark? from none other than Mr. Mike Shackle, who you were with at the weekend.
0: Yeah, Uh, you make it sound slightly dodgy. Um, (laughs) So tell us about that. A little little B&B in the countryside, just him and me, and a bottle of lotion. Uh, Oh, no! (laughs) But we set the tone for the show this early. (laughs) We are, we are, we are, we are. It was... Galancefest. fest it was Galancefest fest this weekend i had the most amazing time uh we started the day doing this kind of um speed dating thing which we i did last year where you move from desk to desk and there are like four or five writers around that desk and they ask you advice you give them advice you have a great chat you inspire them i plug the podcast and then we move on to the next table and it was brilliant and mike was behind me and it was great to see mike mingling with everyone and, and chatting and, and getting on and then in the afternoon and this is what mike put up on the the bxp group he said it started with a podcast two and a half years ago yesterday i shared a stage with Joe crombie garth Nix, vic james and tom lloyd uh, and and today he got that orange banner from amazon so he was on a panel with Gerald crombie if you remember was the interview we did that inspired mike to keep writing and he you know he's, he was self-publishing and you now he's got a three book deal with gollants and not only that he got a bestseller, uh, not just in the fantasy charts. He was in the top 100 of the UK Kindle charts overall. And he's still there now. now Galantz did a 99p promotion and we're plugging it really big time. And that was great because he was number one in the fantasy charts. Terry Pratchett was number two. Robin <laughs> Hobb was number three. Uh, someone called J.K. Rowling was number four. No, and, um, and And then... He's still in the top 100 after they've put the book up to 10.99, 10.99. So he's he has had an amazing weekend, and it was just great to see Mike. It was great to see Mike hanging out with the big guns like that, and um, just an amazing day. And Garth, he mentions Garth Nix there. I interviewed Garth Nix for a future show. I interviewed Garth in the exact same spot where I interviewed Joanne Harris for those first round of interviews. That was in a corridor somewhere in a
1: doorway, wasn't it? In a door in a corridor. It
0: was... It, it's the it was the corridor in the back offices of Foils in Cherry Cross <laughs> Road. So it's like the the circle is now complete. You know, we started by interviewing Joanne Harris, and we wondered is anyone ever going to listen to this? And then yet on you know just a couple of days ago, I'm there again, and one of our listeners <laughs> is on a panel with bloody Jeroen McCrombie, Garth Nix, and and is a number one bestseller in multiple categories. Now, <sighs> oh, man, what you know, a what a journey that's just, oh, it's just fantastic. So congratulations. Mike. It doesn't
1: get much better than that. Although it does.
0: <laughs>
1: there's some magic happening right now on this podcast. So if you're listening, uh, you're welcome, <laughs> because if you're writing <laughs> and you're listening to this podcast, stuff seems to be happening to so, so many people who are, who are checking in with us. Um, if you're interested, actually, in listening to an episode we did on Galance Fest, that was back in episode 53, which is going back a couple of years ago, if you want to find out more about that. But we, we've had so many people listening to this show, writing in with the most incredible things, but a lot of them seem to be part of the BXP team, which is this group, of people who sign up to support the podcast. I mean, do you, think there's a, do you think there's a link there, Mark? Is it like kind of law of attraction? You pay your $10 a month and you start winning awards.
0: Well, you know, there's no guarantees, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, it's certainly, certainly um, I mean, look, let's just say since I've been involved in this podcast and met all the amazing listeners that we've got and began exchanging, you know, conversations with them and talking ideas and inspiring one another... It's improved my writing. It's improved what I do. So you know, I I, I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, wow, it's just been it's, it's quite amazing. Incredible. What
1: what what I'm finding quite fascinating is it's what we're finding is people who are kind of either long term listeners of the show or people that have kind of binged the whole show from st- from the very start and just started to acquire all this knowledge from all these amazing authors that we've been interviewing. It's making a difference. I think it is. It's shifting the way people write. Um, I mean, not that we're going to take. Any of the credit for anyone's successes, but ultimately, I think anyone that engages in the art of learning is ultimately going to give themselves a better chance. And we talked about—I mean, how can you how can you top a number one bestseller, getting on stage with Abercrombie? But I think our guest today probably has done it. Not that we want to claim any competition <laughs> whatsoever, but this this is this has blown our mind, hasn't it? Absolutely, I I lost a few blood vessels when firstly I heard about that two of our. BXP team have been nominated in the top five books, and I think there were 9,000 entries. So let's just put that into perspective, 9,000 entries, and two of the top five were listeners to the podcast. And Mr. Ian Sainsbury, who's with us right now, went on last week to win the Kindle Storyteller Award 2020. Nineteen. So welcome, Ian. Welcome to the BXP
2: studio. Uh, we are absolutely delighted to have you. Well, I'm delighted to be here. And it's after listening to it for so long, and then suddenly it's me. Uh, then, yeah, great.
0: <laughs> Bring it on. We've been thinking, we've been thinking, oh, we've got to get Ian on the show. He's doing so well. I want What sort of hook? You know, I need a little hook just to get him on and then... <laughs> boom that's the only
2: reason i entered for
0: the first place if this doesn't get me on the show i'm just giving
2: up writing
1: that's absolutely brilliant ian it's it's such a delight to have you in the show we're gonna we're gonna let everyone know well mark tell everyone what happened on the night because we've got we've got a a pre-record that we're going to go to in a minute to to kind of give people a bit of a taste of what actually happened this is brilliant
0: well, yeah, I, I got a, it was kind of a fluke that I was there at all. Um, uh, Queeve messaged me the night before and said that because he'd bought a dog his wife had to look after their new dog bought a dog they they rescued a dog essentially and his wife had to look at. so he needed a plus one so he invited me so I kind of blagged my way in um to this amazing evening in a in a venue called the library in St Martin's Lane in um London where the award ceremony was was happening and yes we've got uh, we've got a little package of highlights of interviews in a minute where I speak to the guys and all the uh, other shortlisted authors but it was just the most incredible evening it's the same night as the Booker Prize as well, which is happening uh, across town, which it's interesting that Amazon must have known. That, that must be, be a, a deliberate choice. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so, yeah, so uh, it's um, it was an incredible evening. I was so I was just really so happy to be there and to see Ian uh, win. So it was um, it was I was just pinching myself all night. It was just amazing. But um, Ian, do you want to do you want to tell us about your journey here? Because you started listening to the podcast about a year into our just before we launched Back to Reality. That was when you sort of started listening to us, wasn't it? How, how did you How did you hear about us? Well, my podcast listening, apart from Wittertainment,
2: as you know, Mark, was uh, yes. I think it was Joanna Penn Sometimes and uh, Mark Dawson's SPF podcast. Well, I still listen to both of those, um, but obviously not as much as this one because this yeah. is uh, <laughs> top of the pile always. But um, I-, I was listening to Joanna Penn and she interviewed you guys and, and was talking about the-, the book and I thought that sounds like a- such a good idea. I'd been writing for, uh, I don't know, just over a year by then and um, I- I'd had some success, but I still felt like, it was just blind luck so uh, I was doing everything the wrong way round. I thought I'd better go back to the beginning and get the essentials in place and also I knew that you'd come from a trap background as well and I was interested in that and hearing both sides because I thought it, you, we might get some agents on there or some medicines which you have in fact from day one I think the first podcast was uh some people from Orion wasn't it in, in that uh one? yes episode two in fact yep yep, yep. Oh, on, okay yep. so uh <laughs> It's great. And of course, I binged it. So I caught up quite quickly. And um, that was brilliant because it was, first of all, I thought, well, perhaps this isn't going to be great for me because it seems like it's all about trad publishing. And then after a few episodes, the realisation started to hit both of you that if you were going to get a bestseller and make some money at this, you needed to self-publish. So (laughs) that was nice to to get to that point. And, uh, And then it started to become more relevant. But I do like that balance. I, I like the fact that you you get both sides of the fence because I'm not sure what else there is out there that does that. Actually, I mean maybe that's your USP, and that's why I still, well, apart from the great entertainment value from the various off-color jokes and uh, the, the <laughs> woo-woo from Canada.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I think, as you said, I think that. It might be our USP, but I do, as I've said there's a few times, I think the future is hybrid. I think, you know, mm. there, there won't be any such thing as just an indie author, just as traditional. I think people will be doing a little bit of both. And no. I think, I think you know, you might be in that in the future, Ian, perhaps. No, I, I,
2: I agree completely. And that's the word I've used in conversations with a, a couple of potential agents in the in the last week. So, uh, so yeah, that's exactly what I want uh, is a, to see myself on bookshelves, in, in bookstores, of course, uh, but also to be able to keep up the sort of autonomy and control of releasing stuff. As you can be very niche with self-publishing. You could release something that might only, only appeal to one in 10,000 people. Well, that's a hell of an audience worldwide. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't want to abandon that at all, and I've got some great readers who stay in touch with me. So I want to keep making them happy, but if I could have something in bookstores as well. Of course, who wouldn't want that?
1: It's it's absolutely brilliant, uh, Ian, to hear your story. And I was thinking about Mike as well. And it's just, it's quite, it's quite amazing. I remember very, very specifically the day that you posted up the cover reveal of your book. On the BXP team Facebook group, and that for people that are new to the show, this is a, a, a kind of a private Facebook group for supporters of this show, and they all—it's about 150 people on there currently, and they're all um, sharing ideas, and, and it's an incredibly supportive and inspiring group. I absolutely love being a part of it. But one of the examples of things that happened there, I remember—I remember Ian posting up one day this picture
2: of this book, and it, it wasn't that long ago, was it, Ian? Whenabouts was it? Uh, I probably posted that in early June. That's right. Form. Yeah. It getting summer. close to publication then. Right.
1: And I remember seeing that picture and it absolutely floored me. And I think, I th- I remember writing a, a response to, to the post where you put it up. And so if you haven't seen it, this is a good plug for your book, actually. <laughs> We're going to send everyone to Amazon at this moment to go and have a look at that picture. Because when I saw that front cover, when I saw that front cover, it was, it just grabbed me and it just said to me, bestseller. Instant bestseller, without even knowing anything about the book. I mean, apart from the title, The Picture on the Fridge. I thought, what a fantastic idea for a book. Something that's... We always talk about this uni- idea of universal. And obviously, being a parent, and I think about our fridge, sometimes I can't even see where the handle is. There's so many bits of artwork stuck on it, and reminders, and magnets. And, so I remember writing a response on there, which was about... I just, I just had this really... Funny feeling that something
2: was going to happen with but do you remember that? Yes, I do because it was a bit scary <laughs> yeah. so, well, I do always accuse you of uh, as you know light-heartedly I'm just uh, having a little prod about the woo-woo uh, where I think uh, positive thinking and affirmations and all that I mean I've read some of these books mark and uh, there's a there's a lovely English word which we're all familiar with which I can't say but rhymes with Rolex. which I sometimes <laughs> I sometimes think about when when we're talking about this kind of stuff and um and and yet when you said that about that cover and you said i think something really special is going to happen with this but i think this could be a big breakthrough book for you and uh, so i went yeah okay (laughs) yeah he called uh, it it? it. it. yeah
0: he did (laughs) he got it right wasn't wrong was he (laughs) no he was
2: spot on um absolutely and without even reading the blinking book so uh there you go, and that's a great cover designer, I should say. That's Jacqueline Abramite. I'm not sure if I even pronounce her name right, but she's she lives uh, she's lives in Germany. I assume with that name like that, she might be German. But her website is a UK one: coverdesign.co.uk. I think. Uh, if I get that wrong, I'm in trouble. But we'll put,
0: we'll put a link. We'll put we'll find her and put a link in the show notes. I remember before the um, the awards were announced, you were telling me about how you briefed. That cover and it was it was a it was a fascinating process tell us tell us how that how you approached that cover art.
2: well it was I just went to the best-selling psychological thrillers in, in the UK and America and I looked at the top 100 and I tried to get as many on the, the max screen as I could at one time and just not even looking at titles or anything but just getting an idea for colors to start with because I'm no designer but I, st- I was looking at them thinking well okay I'm seeing a lot of blue here or turquoise mm-hmm. blue darker blues mixture of blues and i've seen a lot of yellow in titles or in author names um so i thought I, i'll kept, i kept the brief really loose but i said to to jacqueline um well let's i want i want this i want these blues the same as here and i want yellows the same as this <laughs> one because they have massive <laughs> selling books and when she came back I, it was it took a few goes but the last thing was i said look it's the font. The font's not right. And I sent another book through and she said straight away, oh, of course, I should have thought of that. Such and such font, you know, that gets used for these books.
0: <laughs> and changed it. It came back
2: that last time. And instantly, as soon as I saw the font, I just went, well, that looks like it belongs in that, on that first page of results. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah. Uh, and that, because I, maybe at that stage, it's better not to be a designer. You're just looking as a reader. Mm. And I thought, yeah, that just looks like it's one of the big um, publishers, psychological thriller. One of the big names,
0: like a Mark Edwards book, or or lots of the others who I can't remember. That for me is <laughs> is a great textbook example of how to do a cover design. You've got a clear idea of what you want, but you're not being didactic. You're trusting. You're sent to the designer. Here's the brief. I want it to be like this with these colours uh go for it and and the image that she came back because it's one of those you look at it once you think oh yeah and then look at it again oh there's more to it oh there's more to it it draws you in it really really draws you in yeah but like you say you 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 know you trusted her to get on with it made a couple of suggestions and boom you got a bestseller on your hands yeah there you go that's, that's all you need it's a good cover <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know something else something else that's quite funny in is i was looking back at the uh looking back at the bxp team posts and i found this one from you on the 8th of june and it says blurb writing today quick question for the experiments i have a possible subtitle for my new book the picture on the fridge without knowing anything other than the title and the genre psychological thriller how's this subtitle sort of tagline every picture tells a murder what do you think and so then there's this whole post of people. And what I had to laugh about is the second post is from none other than Queeve, who was your shortlisted top five author who said, here's a piece of annoying feedback. And, and then you kind of, and you're like, no, no, that's really great. That's really useful. So the two of you are actually collaborating before mm-hmm. you even knew that you'd go head to head at the uh, Kindle Best the Kindle Awards. That's yeah, and we ended and- up
2: with a much better... Yeah, uh, brilliant. sometimes. I'm and that, I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's
1: probably posts where you've you've been like helping Queeve as well on his on his books as well, which I just absolutely love. That just really sums it up for me. But we've got we've got an incredible recording that I'd love to us to get through to give everyone a taste, and we want to take you into the room last week at the uh, Amazon Kindle Storyteller Awards. Um, so let's roll this tape. I want to uh, hear the ins and outs.
0: Let me just set this up for you. So what you're going to hear, you're gonna you join me in a bar at the St. Martin's Lane Hotel in uh, swinging London town where I met Ian and Cueve beforehand. We had a little drink, we had a little chat, a little sort of pre-match nerves. Then I speak to the other finalists, Claire Moore, who's author of The Army of Wolves, Hannah Ellis, author of Bookshop of Hopes and Dreams, Emily Organ, author of Tragedy at Piddleton Hotel, and we have Mariella Frostrup announcing the winner. A bit of post-match chat, and then we wrap up with a final word from simon johnson from amazon so that's who you hear in that order so let's jump in cheers cheers Cheers. all the best of luck tonight thank you as long as it's one or the other us, i'm happy any pre-match
2: nerves Honestly, not. No. How about you, Queen?
3: I've, you
4: know, because i like literally I was on holiday and then we mo- we moved house like two days and I was on holiday. Through- I was holiday, So I was away for three weeks and then we're back and then we got a dog. I literally today started thinking about this, <laughs> and it was it's, it's great because I honestly got like by the time it by the time I've been through the ceremony, I might remember that I'm actually in it because I was like I'm, just genuinely I hasn't raced through it at all. So I'm really not that bothered at all. It's just like coming down for a drink, really.
2: That, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. Same here. Really. I get to meet. So Mark Dawson's going to be there. And apparently, he's a massive Ian Banks
4: fan. so yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember he quoted it in. I was at Nink, which is the conference in Florida. I was telling you about, um, and he gave a speech. And he, I think I've heard him somewhere else say he's a big Ian Banks fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's also a big fan of the Miami Dolphins, uh, which is in uh, sporting, sporting rather than the aquatic creatures. No, although <laughs> to be honest, the aquatic creatures are much better at playing American football at this point. Cause, um, <laughs> but that's it. That's probably it.
0: When you entered the competition, what were your expectations?
4: I don't. I just. I don't know if I actually had any, in the sense that you just sort of go, "Oh, I qualify for that," and you go because mine is the second book in a series, and I thought oh, I probably won't let that in because it's the second book in a series. But I thought, oh well, it's around the dates, um, and you know, it looks. It's a great competition, though. You can look at like it's well done.
0: And you just look at it and go, "Well, yeah, it's worth a punt." I mean, there was a lot. How many was there in the end? New ten thousand or something That's, entries. But this is exciting. This is. I mean, you think out of all those thousands of people, it's it's come down to this. Uh, I mean. Do you have post-win plans? Oh, they've turned the reggae up. Because, <laughs> <Do> you... <laughs> uh, you know, do you, do, you have, do you have plans afterwards? You know, are, are you thinking, is this going to take me to the next level?
4: I don't I, honestly with any kind of opportunities like this. I think the most sensible thing to do is um, not try and plan around it and stuff. And look, it's a good indication. We're obviously all the people involved in this are doing well, in the sense that their books are obviously getting good feedback and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, that's that's how you're in it. Um, so, and they're all the other thing is as well is they're all very different books like I mean yours is a psychological thriller would that be fair to say mine is I mean comedic crime thriller then there's a fantasy book there's a cozy mystery there's um I think romantic Romance. comedy, romantic romantic comedy, is that all of them? I think it's, yeah. But they're all very, so it's one of those things where um, they're so different. It's like, if we'd all written like, psychological thrillers and we're all being judged, you kind of go, well, this is for the best psychological thriller. Whereas because they're so different, I think you don't really worry about it because it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's impossible. They're not, you know, like for like in some ways. I just wondered if um, this is the third
2: year and it's self-publishing is still, relatively, it's just, uh, it's just happened. So I wonder if when it's 10 years in, you know, but then it'll be a much bigger thing and people will look back over the previous years and, oh, and see how it you know, grew and different authors yeah. came through. I mean, it has changed my plans a little bit because I was thinking, OK, I'm an idiot. I wrote a four book science fiction series, which did great. And then I wrote a three book science fiction sort of superhero series set in Britain, which did really well. And then I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do a standalone fantasy, idiot. And then a standalone psychological thriller. <laughs> so at this stage, I was thinking, no, hang on. It
4: fans your career?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, not your wife, I think, is so, yeah, yeah, the yeah, answer sure. to that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, yeah, science fiction series has got to be next, and I should do a long science fiction series. So I was all ready to do that. I'm already doing a near-future thing for Audible for the exclusive I'm doing next year. But That's I was ready right. to start this I, I've got notes for this science fiction series and then this got shortlisted and it's the only psychological thriller on the shortlist and I thought, oh god, I better write another psychological thriller. <laughs> so that's I'm um, back to that. I've I've, I've got
4: one you know, a synopsis plan. So that has changed my in, immediate plans. Actually, to be fair, it has changed mine in the sense that I might write an offshoot to my series featuring two of the characters. That I always wanted to, it was one of the things that I always wanted to do, it was on the list. But it's now been moved up the list, depending on what happens. Um, but, yeah, but outside of that, yeah, just keep on doing the same thing, I think. Okay. Right, let's go
0: in. Claire Moore, welcome to the podcast. We're about 45 minutes from the opening of the ceremony here. How are you feeling? Any pre-match nerves?
3: Um. A little bit. It has been slightly calmed down by the fact that they've created a cocktail in the name of all of our books and fed that to us quite early on without much food. So I'm actually feeling quite jolly (laughs) and relaxed about it all. I also tried to feed some of the cocktail to one of the judges, but he said the the votes have already been cast, so I couldn't influence it anyway. (laughs) So I took the cocktail straight back again.
0: (laughs) Tell us about your book, The Army of Wolves.
3: So The Army of Wolves is... Game of Thrones meets Percy Jackson. It's um, a fight for Earth for the for the gods of the underworld versus the uh, gods of Gaia, the Earth goddess, and it's one of those page-turning fantasy adventures that's mainly for young adults, but something that anyone who reads something like The Hunger Games would enjoy. So
0: sounds right up my street. Oh, good. Now, when you were when you were writing this, when you were putting it in for the competition, what were your expectations?
3: I honestly didn't really have any expectations at all I just thought well you might as well enter. It's my first book I've only just published it at the end of May and so I really had little expectation and then I think it was Darren who called I had a miss you who know, sent me an email saying can you call me back and I was like oh my goodness have, what have I done wrong <laughs> have I published something in the wrong what have I put something bad and so I thought but my initial thought was I'd done something bad and Amazon were telling me off and then actually when I called him and he said I'd been shortlisted I was just uh, blown away because compared to the other guys on the list they've all written multiple books they've all been doing this for a long time I this is my first book that came out a few months ago so I'm sort of little bit starry-eyed
0: oh it's inspirational that's fantastic Uh, what what got you to writing what brought you to to write this book in particular
3: um i think most writers have a kind of itch in their heads ideas that swirl around um and there gets to a point where you just almost have to get it out on paper I think it just got I got to that point really um, and I'd, I I worked four days a week uh, still I worked for a charity Duke of Edinburgh's Awards great charity yes. and I'd started to work four days and it was my opportunity to use that day really right. took about a year or two ago to, to dedicate that to writing and
0: did you set yourself any kind of target any kind of deadline
3: not really no um, I'm quite fast I'm quite sort of speedy at writing so I'm quite lucky in that respect that I could I, I did it in about a year even though it was only sort of uh, at the weekends and in between the day job so I was uh, I think a year was a good target for me but then I had some editorial on it so it was probably more like 18 months because I did a bit of reworking so that's
0: faster than most authors especially for a first
3: book yes yeah <laughs> yeah I was quite pleased with it like I said I'm, I'm kind of speedy I'm not probably not allowed to say this in a podcast but my kids call me the nike strap line just do it (laughs) that's why just do it is my uh strap line so they they joke that i'm like nike so
0: fantastic well nike is the goddess of victory i believe so
3: yes appropriate yes
0: well claire got everything crossed for you tonight best of luck and um, maybe speak to you later
3: yeah pleasure to meet you thank you
0: hannah welcome to the podcast uh we're here about 15 minutes for the award ceremony how are your pre-match nerves
5: um i'm actually feeling surprisingly calm at the moment i was uh i've been very nervous but it's been really nice meeting with the other finalists they're so lovely that i just i feel quite relaxed now
0: lovely tell us about your book the book of hopes and dreams
5: um so the bookshop of hopes and dreams is a romantic story Um, about a woman named Tara who gets a job at a rundown old bookshop and falls in love with the owner, James. And Tara has a little bit of a troubled background and before she can move on with this relationship with James, she first needs to to face up to her past.
0: Okay. And is this your first novel or or are there other novels?
5: It's my 13th. Wow. Unlucky for some, not for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's different? Did you feel there was anything different about this one?
5: it's the sixth book in a series wow. yeah the series did really well and i never intended to write this book my readers sort of demanded it wow. and i said okay i'll it's a, it's about a uh, tara as a side character in the other books and the readers kept wanting to know her story and in the end i said okay i will write it and uh, and i did i'm very glad that i did
0: <laughs> What sort of relationship do you have with your readers and Do you have a mailing list? Do you, do you speak to them regularly?
5: I'm terrible at my mailing list. People <laughs> sign up and then they're probably very disappointed that I don't get in touch. Um, mostly I get, um, my readers email me or they message me on Facebook or on Twitter. And I, yeah, I have quite a personal relationship. They, It's it's quite one-on-one. I'm not so good at the generic social media posts I I, I do them but I really like it when readers get in touch personally by email and I I feel really connected to them then and that's nice
0: wonderful now this competition has been running for a few years is this the first time you've entered
5: it's the second time i've entered actually um the first time i entered last year was with the first book in the in the series and now it's with the the sixth book the final book in the series so
0: did you have any expectations when you sent off your entry
5: no not at all (laughs) i sent in my entry it's very easy to enter so it was a bit of a no-brainer um I just did it when I uploaded the the book to Amazon and then I forgot all about it until, until the day I got the call and funnily enough that morning, for some reason I don't know if I'd read about it or something on social media but something reminded me that I'd entered and I thought oh the deadline's passed so I've definitely not, not won and then I think it was about an hour later that I, uh, I got this email from Darren at Amazon and he said oh I'd like to, to call you this afternoon if that's okay regarding the, uh, the awards and I thought hang on
0: This didn't happen last time.
5: (laughs) No, and I'm fairly sure he doesn't ring everybody to say they've they've not made it to the finals. So I was like, ah that's exciting. Yeah. So it was a very exciting phone call to take.
0: Fantastic. Well Hannah got everything crossed for you. Thank you so much for speaking to us and best of luck to you tonight.
5: Thank you so much.
0: Emily Organ, welcome to the podcast. How are you on this very exciting evening?
6: I'm a bit overwhelmed, really, if I'm honest. There are a lot of people, and I'm not used to that, being a writer. Usually it's just me and my laptop.
0: Has the cocktail helped?
6: Uh, The cocktail's helped a huge amount, yes. They've they've made these cocktails for each of our books, and uh, yes, I must say, mine is very nice. It's a lovely touch, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think it's champagne and gin is mine. And I don't think I've ever had that in the same glass before. So, Tell us
0: about Tragedy at Piddleton Hotel.
6: Well, it's a cosy mystery set in the 1930s. And it's about a lady, um, an elderly widower, Annabelle Churchill, who buys her own detective agency in Dorset. And she meets up with another lady, Doris Pemberley, who is already part of the detective agency. And they uh, go around and solve their first crime... Uh, in a quite unconventional way that uh, rubs a lot of people up the wrong way. Sounds <laughs> wonderful. Is it your first book or are there others? No, there are, there are lots of others, actually. I also write the uh, Penny Green Victorian Mystery Series, um, which is an eight-book series at the moment, set in Victorian London, which is less cosy, uh, more historical mystery as well. This competition's been
0: running for a few years now. Is this the first time you've entered?
6: No, I've actually entered on previous years as well. So um, when I got the call to say I've been shortlisted, it was, um, yeah, I didn't quite believe it really.
0: Everyone's been talking about this call from Darren. It's amazing, isn't it?
6: It is, yes. Yeah, it's quite astonishing. Totally unexpected. So having
0: entered before, entering this time, did you have any expectations? or or Do you try and put that sort of thing out of your mind?
6: Uh, No expectations, really. I think self-publishing is kind of making up its own rules as it goes along. I mean, I really feel we're at the forefront of something new and extremely interesting. And I think we probably have to be prepared to be surprised at every corner, really.
0: <laughs> how did you... Why did you choose self-publishing over traditional publishing? What what, what drew you to it?
6: Um, I think it's just having control over everything about your books. So having control over the cover and the blurb, how it's marketed, and just being able to reach readers directly. I feel like I've got a really good connection with my readers which um i think i'd struggle to have if i also had a, a publisher there as well that's
0: such an important thing isn't it knowing who your readers are
6: yeah absolutely and i think the self-publishing the readers are deciding they're the gatekeepers you know if, if your books aren't any good then then they tell you and we all know what those harsh reviews can be like so um yeah i think it's just great you connect directly with your audience
0: when you started your first novel with an to publishing it Did you have any endgame, any big... Did you imagine award ceremonies like this?
6: No, never. No, I think I I had an idea for my very first book for about seven years. took me then about three years to write it, and then I thought, I'll just put it out there and see what happens. So I never, ever imagined something like this could happen. I think back then when I wrote my first book, I thought that traditional publishing was the only way. I didn't really... Foresee how self-publishing could become what it has. And I think, you know, the authors and the people involved have made it what it is, and, and that's brilliant. Fantastic.
0: And what have your biggest lessons been on the way here?
6: Goodness, the biggest lessons is to don't let the bad reviews get you down, I think. Just be a bit more thick-skinned. And, and yeah, just keep... keep confidence in what you're doing and keep working at it and keep writing, just don't stop writing keep writing those words.
0: Wonderful advice Emily, best of luck tonight, got everything crossed for you and hopefully maybe
6: speak to you later Yeah, Thank you very much, thank you
4: One book had it all drama,
7: tension and confidence. A highly original story that once embarked on makes this psychological thriller impossible to abandon. It gives me great pleasure, hold on, I've got an envelope there. It gives me great pleasure to announce that the winner of the 2019 Kindle
1: Storyteller Award is
0: in W Santa oh, wow. on the bridge.
5: And I would like to invite you to join me on
6: today, Good. and to present it you. Once you've
4: caught your breath, stop breathing. I can't swear,
6: right? A couple
2: of words come to mind, but I can't say them in public. <laughs> You know, people always say um, that they weren't expecting to win these things. I really wasn't expecting to win this thing. Um, oh my... Um, okay, I'd like to thank my weeping wife. (laughs) Because she wasn't expecting me to win this thing either. Um, And, uh... I didn't prepare a speech because I genuinely didn't think I was going to win. I thought you we were going
4: um, So I'm winging
2: it. Um, so, I, well, thank you very much, Maria. Thanks yeah, yeah. very much to the judges. Um, unbelievable. And thanks to the readers. Um, I, I, I'm stunned. And, uh, yeah, to be, as I think I said, ingratiatingly in that video, to be amongst such great company of oh. other writers, that's <laughs> just <laughs> terrific. Um... What I do like about this composition is um, the name Storyteller, because when I first wrote a book it was to tell a story, it wasn't to be a literary giant, it was just I had a story idea I really wanted to get it out there. And this was the same, Picture on the Fridge, it's not my genre, I've written science fiction and fantasy, so uh, it kept me awake at night, the idea, and I thought I I have to tell this story, I have to get it out there. and this led to this, which I'm, I'm utterly, I think you can understand. <laughs> this is genuine. I am absolutely stunned. So uh, thanks to the judges, thanks to everyone at Amazon, and thank you for the award. And I'm just going to, I'll be lying down over there. <laughs> if you, if you want to speak to me about anything, thank you very much. Hooray!
0: No, not now. Yes, Come on, tell me, tell me, Ian, how's, it feel? how's um, it feel?
2: I'm a writer, Mark, so you know I can't say I have no words, but that, that's honestly how I feel. I've just had to stand on stage next to Marielle Frostrott watching my wife weep with joy because I had her absolutely convinced I wasn't going to win because I genuinely believed I wasn't going to win. So I'm, I'm, I'm so knocked out, I, I, I can't believe it. I really can't believe I'm going to listen back to this on the podcast and remember this moment. But actually, I probably won't remember this moment because I, I feel discombobulated.
0: The biggest, biggest congratulations from us, from all the listeners, from all our friends on the podcast.
2: Oh, can I just say to everyone in the, the bestseller experiment Facebook group and the general community around that podcast, that it's been a huge help to me. it's what I listen to when I walk in the dog a lot of the time along with Mark Dawson's podcast and sometimes Mark Kermode gets a look in so uh, yeah thanks guys thank you Uh, I'm here now you could be here next year you know thank you
4: (laughs) how are you mate absolutely gutted I can't believe that arsehole won. Oh, he's been... He walked in, I've got this. the gecko. he was absolutely unbearable. Oh, and the groping. I mean, just... Not even just women. Everybody. We've all had it. The man has about eight hands. I mean, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. sorry. Oh, pork belly. Oh, pork belly. Oh, I'm sorry. They're they're attached. Um... (laughs) Uh, I'm delighted for him, genuine. he's delighted, it's, it's, he's, he's, it's so great for him, uh, and he's, he's going to have to write more psychological thrillers now, <laughs> isn't
6: he?
4: Uh, but no, it's was genuinely he's chuffed, I mean look, all five books he says before are so different, that, like it's, you know, you can't really compare them, but you know, his was obviously did great, and I'm excited, because I've got it on my Kindle, Jelly when he was going to read it when I was away for three weeks, didn't get a chance to read anything, so I'm excited to go back and read it now, but I'm delighted
0: for him, because he's such a good bloke. Uh, And it's well-deserved. And all
4: thanks to the bestseller experiment.
0: There you go. (laughs) Thank you, Quave, and we'll speak to you again soon, mate. Have a great evening. I'm eating pork now. Yeah. (laughs) Simon, welcome to the podcast.
7: Uh, What's your role at Amazon? So I'm the country manager of Amazon's books business in the UK. So I look after our books business in physical and uh, digital Kindle.
0: And you were one of the judges of this contest.
7: I was. uh, It's the first time I've been involved in the contest, but I was the chair of the judges this year, which was a huge privilege.
0: And uh, how many people entered overall?
7: Uh, We had thousands of entries. It was the biggest uh, biggest number of entries we've we've ever had. It was a record-breaking
0: year for entries. Excellent stuff. And it's across all genres, which is fantastic. Now... I'm sure this is a big secret, but what is the judging process? How do you, what, what are you looking for in uh, a winner like the ones we've seen this evening? Sure. Well, I mean, first or foremost, it's
7: called Kindle Storyteller. So it's about great stories. So most of the time we, we spent debating that, you know, did it hook us? Was it original? Of course we looked at, you know, was it kind of well-put-together book? You know, was it, was it edited well? Did it look good? But most of the debate was really, is it just a brilliant story that hooked you and, and does it in a slightly original way?
0: Fantastic. This competition's in its third it's year third now. year, yes. Third year we've been doing this now. And I, I assume it's going to keep running, isn't it? I certainly hope so. I certainly, you know, <laughs> would, 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 it's,
7: you know... We, we love this competition you know, reading is really important to us at amazon um it's where we started as a company um you know jeff bezos as, as you know started selling books out of his garage in seattle 25 years ago and you know we genuinely believe that reading is really important for a healthy society and as part of that it's really important to celebrate great stories and great authors
0: um, if someone's listening to this and thinking i'm going to enter next year is there any advice that you give them what would my advice be? Wow,
7: <laughs> just do it, you know, just, you know, we, speaking to all the, um, the finalists today, you know, they all have very different stories, they've come to writings in, in different ways. Some of them have written many books, you know, one of the finalists, her first book. Yes. So just go for it. If you've got a brilliant story, get it out there. That would be my advice. And, you know, as you said, it's across all genres. This year, all of our finalists were in fiction, but, you know, we've had non-fiction finalists in our international, in our other competitions that we run around around the world. There's very different genres represented. So literally just go for it. If you've got a great story, get it out there.
0: Wonderful stuff, Simon. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the evening. Thank you very much. Ian, the thing about that is... And listeners, go back and listen to that again, because as soon as um, Mariela Frost dropped, she said, one book had it all. It was impossible to abandon. And then she says, it's a psychological thriller. And I was on the stairs looking down at you, Ian, and your wife, Ruth, and your heads both sort of snapped to each other to say, this, this is the only psychological thrill on the list. It can't, how can it be us? It can't be us. And then your wife started crying and you can hear her crying all the way through your <laughs> speech. What are your memories of that night? Because that was just incredible. Oh, it's, it's funny. I've just written an email to my mailing
2: list today, uh, which goes out a little bit later this evening. And uh, I was having to admit in that, but there, there are missing bits in my memory. <laughs> 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 because you know, I listen back to that now and there I, there are definitely bits I don't remember. It's nothing to do with that cocktail. Um, LAUGHTER which was
0: Cointreau and Absinthe and I don't know what else. I took three sips of it and thought, no... (laughs) Uh, I'm not drinking that tonight. <laughs> Just for the listeners, they made everyone a specific cocktail, didn't they? For for tailored to each book, um, yeah, all you, named after the books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the, you didn't get any input into that, did you? You, you had, you know, you didn't ask for absinthe because I, I did wonder if you had absinthe, if you wondered if you were hallucinating when they announced the winner. Well, there was a a moment definitely. <laughs> yeah, there's a great picture of me, the photographer, he must have been briefed.
2: Uh, who was going to win, because at the exact moment when I realised and when my wife collapses in tears, uh, there's a picture of my face and it really is just dumb shock.
6: <laughs> <on there. laughs>
2: it's just great. Um, yeah, I, I remember, a bit, and I didn't have a speech, of course, because you know, people get up and say I didn't prepare a speech. Well, I didn't prepare a speech. Because uh, I did, I really didn't think I'd win. Um, I, actually, I actually thought Queeve would win, to be honest because I've read four of his books. I hadn't read any of the others, but I I read the first four of his books and I really enjoyed them. And I just thought, oh, well, great, yeah, great, great books. So it made me quite relaxed about the whole evening, right up to the point when she said psychological thriller, where uh, suddenly, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had to get up and, uh, well, okay, I'll be totally honest. On the train on the way down, I thought, well okay technically there is a chance I could win so Hmm. what would I say if I did and I thought I know I'll just say that storyteller is a great name for the award because I feel it's I write because I want to tell stories not because I you know I want to be some literary genius I just get ideas for stories and I think oh oh, that would be exciting to read about and so I'm the first reader and I'm writing for myself and telling a story and that's that's why I did it so I thought yeah And when I got up there, thank God I remembered. (laughs) And I just about managed to get through it. But, yeah, surreal moment. And so what happened, Ian, since then?
1: Because, obviously, you've probably been floating. I think that was the word we used, wasn't it, in terms of just trying to take in what happens. It's almost like a reverse form of shock, isn't it, in some ways? Mm. (laughs) So how's the last couple of days been for you since winning?
2: Well, I mean, the first couple of days were just crazy because... I didn't sleep at all well that night and that nothing to do with alcohol. Um, my wife had all the cocktails, Um, (laughs) but but I was just coming backwards and forwards to, you know, when you almost wake up, but you don't, Mm. I kept doing that. So I was half awake and thinking, Oh, that I couldn't have happened. And then having (laughs) to review it in my mind and up to the point where she said, Oh yeah, Oh no, it did happen. And i would sink back into sleep for 20 minutes and then come back and do it all over again. And we'd booked oh that was great stayed in this really swish hotel mm. um, in London they put us up in and they said they'd do us a special rate for the second night because we thought we'd stay for two nights and uh, they they showed me that special rate and I said we'll be in the Premier Inn <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough after winning the Kindle Storyteller Award 2019 we went across the road packed our bags and walked across to the Premier Inn oh, <laughs> so if you want any more evidence that I didn't think I was going to win there you go that's it that oh, was in, that's... set in stone um but so we spent the tuesday it was on the monday night the award and we spent tuesday walking around london trying to do things like we went to the portrait gallery national portrait gallery which was great and thought about going to a show but there was no point because every few minutes one or the other of us would just look at the other one and and just shake our heads and just <laughs> smile and just, just couldn't believe it uh and then coming home of course it's then back to the uh, the kids who were very excited it was lovely and the dog who you know i assume he brought out his best farts in some kind of uh, tri- a <laughs> tribute to the to the achievement <laughs> uh, they were absolute corkers that that day um and then it's it, apart from the the church tower thing it was actually kind of back to normality i'm just settling down into it now hang on you can't let that slip church tower thing for the benefit of the listeners <laughs> well this was nuts the, the pr company who were lovely um emailed me to, uh, on the, the Wednesday, I think, and said, oh, we've got this bit of a wheeze. Great idea. We're thinking of projecting your face on the side of <laughs> Beckle's church tower. <laughs> what do
1: what
6: you would think? Jesus do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was saying, you know you've
1: made it when, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I sent, sent back, yeah, right, you're kidding, okay? And they said, no, this, we think this is a really nice idea. And uh, so I just had to turn up and I invited a few friends just so they could laugh and, and bless them, they did, um, <laughs> which was great. And then we all went to the pub afterwards, <laughs> but this, yeah, they had a van and projected this, uh, the photo shoot I did before the, the actual awards uh, went up on the, on the church tower massively. I had to have some photos taken in front of it. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. I don't know where that's going to end up. I assume it's going to be in some, in the press somewhere. Well, you At know where well, it's point, definitely yeah. going
1: to end up. There's going to be a, a version of that on, on the show notes for the, on the bestseller yeah. experiment.com. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. if you want, if you want to draw and, um, and also kind of set your own dream goals for your writing
2: career. Um, go and have a look at that picture because it's absolutely brilliant. We will. Were- That's it. Hang on, I, I should do the motivational minute. You, you just, should every, do every morning. <laughs> what I suggest you do is that you sit down in a nice quiet place and uh, maybe put some soothing music on and uh, empty your mind. That was quick, Mark, um, and just just think of nothing and then picture your face massively on the side of a local <laughs> landmark. <laughs> And it I, I, will happen. There you go. I would love it.
1: it. Oh, you've got a job for life. You come on every week and do the motivation <laughs> li- moment from there. I listen on. to
2: this too much, don't
1: I? It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. I've so actually sweet. got far too much into your head. I love it. Well it's up there with the, the other the other big um moment that happened for the BXP team um was was it Pernell who got a her own traffic cone when she went to speak at her local oh, yeah. That became a very coveted award of everyone. And um, but I think you've just topped that. And in fact we lay that challenge out, okay? It started with the traffic cone. We've now got projection on the side of the church building. What I want to know is what next? How can you top that? I think you might have the record for quite a long time, Ian. But uh, that that's mm, absolutely brilliant. Maybe <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So tell us now, like let cause you you this is the thing that I find lovely about this. A lot of our listeners which we've very touched, very, very touched with, have said, you know, one of my goals, one of my dreams to get on the bestseller experiment, Mark and I look at each other go, really? (laughs) You're going (laughs) to set me targets. But, um, what I love is that, that we've journeyed with you on this book and we've, we've seen that this all happen kind of just rolled out. And, and, Really going back, Mark, when we, when we first started on the very first words you uttered on this podcast was, we want you to join in with us. We want you to, to come on the journey and try and get a bestseller. So I'm, I'm now talking to you, Ian, as the bestselling writer, the, the person who's won this incredible award. What advice do you have for listeners who are sitting there saying, yeah, well, he's just had a, he's, he's just had a bit of luck. I mean, you're, you're one of us. You're one of them. You're one of the listeners. What advice would you give to people who still don't believe? that something can happen with their writing career?
2: Well, the evidence would suggest otherwise, is what I'd say. I mean, uh, I am just, you know, I was a musician all my life, very much like like you, Mark, and um, it was quite a sideways step to start writing. But it was just a bit of a commitment to start with, and I've heard this on the show over and over again, that people, either with a public declaration or just committing to doing a certain amount of words per day or per week or or an hour a day or 10 minutes a day whatever it is and it is that I think it's that kind of consistency because there's nothing more encouraging and motivating than to see 30,000 40,000 60,000 70,000 words on on the screen and realizing you've got there uh, even if it turns out to be not that great but you can always always go back and fix it that's and this has all been on the podcast but it's it's, it is possible for anyone. And I think the show's great because a lot of the people who've been successful on the show haven't been successful to start with and you've seen it happen. Like Lorna Cook, for instance, in this summer, I remember on the Facebook page saying that her first... So it's her debut novel, isn't it? For, Forgotten Village. And that was uh, just mm. creeping up the charts and on the Facebook group, I, I remember I started the post saying, oh, Lorna, you, you're at number yes. 60-something in the yeah. UK. This is great. And it, when it got to something like number 5 or something. I, I I said you don't suppose dot 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 she said no, do not even <laughs> say it. But, and of course it got to number 1. I, I think and everyone listening to this show must be a massive reader because you wouldn't be trying to write if you weren't a, a huge fan of of reading. And uh I I'm always I used to travel to Norway for work playing in piano bars. Uh and this was before the Kindle days and I used to take six books with me generally that I'd get from charity shops or thrift stores, as you say, over there. And um, I'd leave one on the plane because I'd finish it before I got there. So I'd leave it for the next person. And then uh, I'd leave one probably on the train. I'd I'd leave that three in the hotel room. And I'd just be scattering books around Norway. (laughs) And the last one on the plane journey on the way home, I'd leave that in the pocket again of the plane. So I was one of the really early adopters of Kindle. (laughs) So early that someone came up to me in an airport and said, excuse me, sorry to bother you, is that a Kindle? Because i have never seen one. And uh, I think if you're a huge reader, when you come to writing this, well, there's two ways you can go. You can either be so self-critical that you freeze, mm. or you can just push that side of you aside and say, okay, I've got a really nice idea for a story here. I'd love to read it. I might not be the best person to write this at the moment because I'm new, but I'll give it an absolutely fair crack of the whip and I'll see how I go and just commit to finishing it. That's the other, I was never good at finishing things, which is why I love haiku but uh, (laughs) (laughs) books they take a bit longer it's more of a commitment but commit to finishing it and then then you can start another one yeah it's uh if you i think if you're really i mean i I hesitate to describe myself as self-disciplined but i am because Mm. you have to be in this game um you have to put yourself in front of the keyboard or dictate. I mean, I actually dictated most of the first draft of this one, but you you have to be getting oh, the really? down somehow. Brilliant. And uh, if you can do that, yeah, why not? You know, it, ha- it happened uh, in three and a half years, you know.
1: Exactly. The the the, the 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 thing that we're going to be focusing on in the podcast in 2020, and this is a bit of a teaser, we're kind of leading into this. This is about – 2020 is going to be the year of taking action. And, and Ian, you absolutely – display what it is for somebody to to take action you know you, you've you've been you have been disciplined you've written a number of books now and you've followed through and you've you've got those books across the line which i think i think that's harder i think i think that's harder than actually starting a book starting a book is relatively easy getting it across the line that's that's that it's that 25th mile of the marathon analogy that we sometimes talk about but you've done it and you've got it across the line but because you have you've then given yourself all of these opportunities. And here you are sitting in front of us as, as the Kindle Storyteller Award winner, which which now obviously is going to be a massive part of your story. And who knows as a platform where that's going to take you, but it's all because you took action. So I want to just firstly congratulate you for for making it happen, because oftentimes when people win awards, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's great. We focus on the award. But all of those days that you showed up that you maybe didn't want to write, all of those, there must have been a lot of those as well, were there?
2: Yeah, there were. Um and I guess that's maybe that comes down to being a professional musician in a way. You you never have a night off. If you're if you're booked for a gig, you can and do the gig. It doesn't matter how you feel. Yeah. So so you just that's never been part of my mindset, really. I just yeah, it's gotta it's gotta get done. And I, I like the marathon analogy, but we have got a big advantage over someone who's entering a marathon. And that's you can actually you you know you're gonna you know where the finish is. It's not even visualizing it. You could write the last chapter if you want. If you know what's going to happen at the end of your book and you've got this fantastic image in your head of this great finish, then write that first and then just head towards it. Or write a scene in the middle that is exciting. You know,
0: One thing that you did do for this book is change genre because previously you were writing science fiction. How big a decision, how big a shift was that for you? And as Queeve said at the end of the pre-recorded piece, he says, you're gonna to have to write more psychological thrillers now. How has that been for you as a change? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Uh, Stephen King's a
2: huge. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a fanboy when it comes to Stephen King. I, he's he's an inspiration, and I think you can tell a Stephen King book, and they're not all on a par. You know, some are much better than others. But I will always from page to page i just love his writing so actually same with lee child um just page to page chapter to chapter line by line just sentences where you think oh i've never when you come to analyze it i've never heard it just put that way before so stephen king has written and i'm not comparing myself in any way but uh he's you know he wrote started with horror he's written science fiction and he has written thrillers and actually some of his more they're shorter Sort of hard boiled slightly, but with sometimes a bit of a supernatural tinge, there's one called Joyland, which I thought was terrific, about half a length of some of his other books and But you know it's Stephen King, yeah, straight away, all the pieces are there, you know he's going back to childhood he's you are know, visiting two different periods of a in the life there's uh the supernatural stuff is hinted at, and you wonder quite how it's going to play into the story of a killer at loose and it's Yes, yeah, great book. So I think the all the ingredients... With, I was worried, but I think the ingredients are there that my readers recognise from my other books because I had emails saying... Well, on the one hand, I had emails saying, I haven't read your stuff before because I don't like science fiction, which I was thinking yeah. is a bit crazy because you know, the aliens in my head are just as fictional as the <laughs> pe- people in the picture on the fridge, and they're not real. But they were saying, oh, i tried this one and, and I really like it. Um, but I also had my regular readers saying... of them, I would say, maybe 90% plus, saying, yeah, well, you know, it's just give us whatever's in your notebooks. We'll just, read it anyway. We like the way you write. That's why we're reading it. And that's how I feel about someone like Stephen King. And, of course, Ian Banks, who I I met once, which was fantastic because he's one of my Mm. all-time favourites, and um, wrote superb science fiction and fabulous, just straight novels as well.
1: Yeah. So, Ian, let's talk about what this means for you moving forward obviously there was a really nice cash prize that you got for winning the award but there was this other part which is the bit that really fascinates me and that is the opportunity to pitch the story internally i believe isn't it to amazon prime
2: yeah i don't know how that's going to work quite yet uh, but i do know that it's that's actually an international competition so i think i'm right in saying there are six storyteller awards worldwide so if they've all got five shortlisted books, that's thirty books for Amazon Studios to look at. And I don't know if I get the chance to pitch, or if someone else does it for me, or I don't. I know nothing about that process
0: apart from the fact that it'll be the end of March next year, where they. Uh, I think from looking at the rules, they they look at all the winners and they'll decide if they want to option it. And once they've optioned it, then they will hopefully put it into development, because you know the. the the budgets with these are so much higher, so much more at stake. But I can tell you, you know, Amazon Prime, they one of the reasons they led with the, uh, the Harry Bosch uh, TV shows as one of their first shows is because they knew people read Michael Connolly, loved psychological thrillers love that kind of thriller thing so I think your book is right in their wheelhouse mate so I, I think in this, so, yeah. doing, hang on what we need say it, is, Mark, uh, say Mark Mark DeVoe <laughs> to, to
2: say so, oh I can see something happening with this.
0: so are we are we talking Emmys and BAFTAs next yeah, exactly. is that what yeah yeah, okay, yeah let's
2: no. talk about let's talk about who's going to be cast
1: when it becomes an Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> who would you like to be the main character Ian
2: I've got i got well, applications on the back of a very large check. Love I it. Think. Um, there's a, i got asked that question on one of the local radio programs I did leading up, and I wasn't prepared at all. I just flanneled. So I've had time to think about it now. So now I'm ready with uh, either Brad Pitt or George Clooney as the American husband of the main character. The main character, uh, Olivia Coleman. Oh, yes. I love nice. it. You see, so yeah, now great. you've
1: just put it out there. You've just put it out there, Ian. So the law—it's universal the universe now. Yeah, the law of attraction will start to work. It's uh... <laughs> you,
0: you know, you know what we—you know—we haven't done, Ian. <laughs> we haven't really plugged the picture on the fridge at all. Uh, pitch us. Oh yeah, read that—the picture on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pitch the book. You know, get us, tease us, tease us, lure us in. Well, I uh, again on these uh, little
2: radio interviews, I did. I feel like I almost gave too much away because I can't stand trailers where they on films where you think well I've seen the trailer and now I can save myself 11 quid <laughs> um, because there's a there is a moment about just under a third of the way through the book where there's a something important happens which I did mention on these radio interviews because I thought it's a really it's possibly the best hook so I don't know do you want that Yeah I do Okay uh, so the picture on the fridge is it follows Max Sparkworth who is married to uh, Bradley, who's American and works mostly away from home. She's in London. He goes off to Boston and works in a a genetic company with his father. Um, She has got problems in her marriage and trust issues, let's say, with Bradley that go back about just over a decade, um, which she is not sure it's her at fault she goes to therapy or she's uh, there is actually a deeper problem that she's not aware of it but, but this is a psychological thriller so i'll let you draw your own conclusions there but they have a lovely daughter tam who's uh, 11 years old and very feisty and uh, precocious uh, she's a big pg woodhouse fan for instance which uh, was nice. fun to write yeah so uh, she sometimes comes out with little Woodhouseisms. um and tam has been bringing home drawings from school and suddenly these drawings are incredibly detailed and lifelike and of places that no one in the family has been. And so it's uh, as as chuffed as they are, it's a bit strange. And then at this point in the book, like I say, uh, a little way in, they discover that the pictures are accurate depictions of murder scenes in America of a serial killer who is still at large. Oh, so, that's, that's a good so bit to leave is, in. That's yes. the hook. That's the hook. Yeah. yeah. What's the link? What could possibly be the link?
1: And to find out, you'll have to go and buy Ian's book. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was what brilliant. On the fr- the award winning novel, the picture. On the- How does that feel?
0: Award winning novelist. Come on.
2: Well, you know, I did what all self publishers did, which was uh, when it was nominated, I went on and did my HTML bit, which I'm terrible at, and then said shortlisted for the 2019. <laughs> And then uh, two days after I, I won it, I, I changed it to winner of the <laughs> yeah. 2019 Storyteller Award and with a little star on each side. I mean, how homemade is that? <laughs> but it was lovely. And yeah, it does, it's, it's great to see that. And of course, part of the prize is that Amazon will be running a marketing campaign. And I, I have to say, um, while we've been talking, I just saw an email come in from Darren Hardy KDP uh, Ooh, a catch up friend. so there you go it's it's now read it um, out read it out <laughs> it might not be uh, appropriate I don't know I, I should have a look hang on I, I might give you the highlights oh, well, Darren, was actually on on Darren was
1: on this show going back oh, first season I think Mark
2: well, I, was, yeah well was that's how I knew um, he just wants to catch up tomorrow so yes. Yeah, so uh, I'll know more tomorrow I'll do, do uh, send uh, him our regards what's going on <laughs> yes will do yeah it's because the email came in from, from Darren saying, uh, we'd like to talk to you. I, I'm, I'm with, he said something like I'm with the KDP team UK and I'd like to talk to you about your entry to the Kindle Storyteller competition. And I thought, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wasn't the only one actually hearing that piece you did, um, yeah. earlier on, but, uh, I did genuinely, I thought, Oh, hang on. And then I looked at his name and I thought, I'm sure he's been on the bestseller experiment. So I actually looked I put bestseller experiment Darren hardy into Google and uh and and I thought hang on he's not just in the team is he he's he's heading up the UK oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought hang on I haven't done anything wrong have I I must be on the shortlist and uh <laughs> yeah sure enough that's what it was so so there you go another link with I'll I'll stop now it's this you're going you already you know think you've uh, you've you've just the magic dust from the Facebook group went over the book and it, it won the award so yeah if you could do that for the amazon prime bit that would be lovely thanks yeah I'll, I'll, I'll more see work what on it. yeah, yeah. we've well, we got yeah.
1: we've got the we've got the team on it already so
2: <laughs> <laughs> so what's next what is
1: next for you ian
2: well i've i've put aside the very long uh science fiction series i was planning on working on because as queef so uh charmingly puts it yeah i've got to write more psychological thrillers haven't i or thrillers generally i'm I'm not sure. I did have a chat to Mark Dawson before I knew that I'd won, um, which was great. And he of course is uh, an absolute star of the self publishing world and writes thrillers and in long series and he was saying, Yeah, you yeah, you should be writing Series and uh, I thought, yeah, I know this, I'm an idiot. I don't know why I wrote a standalone, but although it was done all right, hasn't it? But
0: now, what does he know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well,
2: he did know this was the thing, of course. He was one of the judges, he knew I'd won at that point. <laughs> so, great poker face. I'm not ever wow, playing cards with yeah, that guy, yeah. I yeah, tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yes, I do have half an outline for a psychological thriller, I've got another couple of ideas for psychological thrillers, but I also have a series idea which is the first one would certainly have quite a strong psychological thriller element but would i think then go more into thriller territory as the series went on um and that keeps coming back to me in the same way as the picture on the fridge did I, this is probably the longest gap i've had between writing books since between uh, the blurred lands which was a standalone fantasy book and uh the picture on the fridge. And when that happened, the actual story I ended up writing, I was so ready to write it that it, it really flowed. And so hopefully that's, it's going to be the same thing now that the one that I eventually decide on, which is going to have to happen in the next couple of weeks. Cause I'm getting really twitchy. Uh, will, will flow and, and yeah. it will be a psychological thriller or a, a thriller, but it will. Yeah. It's going to be in that genre. Definitely.
1: Brilliant stuff. Looking forward to it. Well, I've got to say, Ian, we are there's no one more thrilled than Mark and I to, to be mm-hmm. celebrating with you today. It's just been a, a wonderful roller coaster journey watching watching everything happen as it has done. Uh you've taken us to emotional highs. And one of the things I always say, and I'm gonna say this again, is that when people achieve things on the level that you have it's great to win the awards it's great to get the prestige of of all it's the great to get your own platform to build on but you see the thing that i think is the legacy in all of this for, from a life perspective is the inspiration you've given everyone else out there and yeah. um, i want to thank you for that because it takes a lot of time effort and and butts in the chair as we like to say on the show um to make that happen so thank you for inspiring every listener on this show today with your story and to proving to people that that dreams do come true it's a cliche but in you know it's a completely beautiful example what you've achieved and i'd just like to say that we look forward to having you back on the show when the amazon prime series starts
2: <laughs> i'll clear a space in my diary <laughs>
1: because <laughs> yeah. cause by that stage we will be ringing up your publicist saying uh, wait, wait, you said we'd get in last month for this
2: been what's going on <laughs> and i'll be saying mark mark who sorry uh, i'm sorry yeah. De- desvox i've never heard of the guy i don't know what you're talking about brilliant but
1: well, we wish you every success ian with however this now your story continues to unfold and we look forward to to reading whatever else you write and and look forward to kind of continue to converse with you in the in the Facebook group as well.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. Thank you. And listeners, if, uh, if like Ian, you want to be an award-winning uh, Amazon Prime writing author, uh, join us on Patreon. There are three tiers. If you just want to support us, you can be a pensmith for $2 a month. For $5 a month, you're a bestseller to be. You get access to over 60 Deep Dive episodes. And for $10 a month, and this is the one, you're a chart topper. And for that, you get the deep dives, access to our BXP group on Facebook. That seems to be giving the biggest value at the moment. You get episodes early, you get bonus episodes and you get into our one-page punch-ups and live shows and you will win awards and get TV shows guaranteed. Not a guarantee. (laughs) Um, And... Uh, and <laughs> do get in touch on social media as well uh, we are on twitter at bestseller xp facebook bestseller experiment instagram at bestseller xp as well subscribe and view on podcast thank you to dave and jd our editors who put together the amazing little package of interviews in the middle which was just amazing and thank you again to our sponsor pro writing aid again if you want to get 20% off get your butts over to ProWritingAid.com forward slash bestseller and if there's
1: anything amazing going on in your life right now like Ian we want to know about it so contact us you can either get an email to us via the website contact form that's bestsellerexperiment.com or you can drop us a private message on facebook or on twitter or just publicly declare something that you would love to happen in your writing life so thank you again ian have an incredible Journey, enjoy this amazing honeymoon period of, of this award-winning uh, uh, event in your life, and we look forward to uh, to hearing more about your adventures very, very soon. So it's a goodbye from Mark One
0: and a goodbye from Mark Two. Goodbye. goodbye.
6: Bye.